0: Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's
1: Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium... Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball.
2: The Los Angeles Dodgers are at it again. This team does not sleep this offseason. You are listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Presented by Sighted and Tick Pick. What is up, everybody? Kevin Klein speaking, and what is continuing to be the greatest offseason in Los Angeles Dodgers history. The Dodgers front office strikes yet again in kind of a surprising fashion, because we'll get into the contract in a second. But they pull it off. They sign, or they're about to sign, the most coveted outfielder, right-handed bat on the free agent market. We are referring none other than Teoscar Hernandez agreeing to a one-year, $23.5 million contract to suit up for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Jake Reiner is with me. Jake Reiner, what are your thoughts on the Dodgers adding this big bopper?
1: I was looking at the free agent landscape prior to the offseason, and he was one of the bats that I really liked and really wanted on this team. He just has a flair for the dramatic he hits a lot of home runs. He's not going to be the guy you're going to rely on to be in the middle of this lineup. He's probably going to bat fifth or sixth, I would guess. But he's going to be in there pretty regularly because he hits both left-handed pitching exceptionally well and right-handed pitching pretty well. So he's going to be the everyday right fielder or left fielder, depending on where they have Jason Hayward vis a Chris Taylor. But I love this move. I think it is a genius move that they've needed for some time. They've been needing a right-handed bat that hits left-handed pitching for quite some time. AJ Pollock, I think, was, was good, and that was we, what we had uh, a few seasons ago. But since then, we've not really had that. We kind of had that with J.D. Martinez. But this but this is something where it's this guy crushes left-handed pitching. I mean, it's not just like he hits it well. He crushes it. And he's a great defensive outfielder, too. So it's just an all-around great move.
2: You want to talk about crushing lefties? He has the highest slugging against left-handed pitching since 2021. Throughout the course of his career, he is a .275 hitter against left-handed pitchers with an 887 OPS. That is monster numbers. And you can just look at his baseball reference page. He went off in 2021 32 home runs, 116 RBIs, and I feel like the the 26 home runs, 93 RBIs, which is a little bit on the down end, but I'll take that. That was his numbers oh, yeah. last season. He was with Seattle, which is, in my opinion, one of the toughest ballparks to be a slugger to begin with. Dodger Stadium kind of is more neutral these days, so I think that's going to play into Teoscar Hernandez's advantage pretty well. And he's a two-time silver slugger. I mean, we go from David Peralta, who, hit, what, he hit seven home runs, I think, for us last season, if that. He, he provided no power, point being, to Teoscar Hernandez, I would imagine you could insert him right now into the sixth slot for the Dodgers lineup. The projections are out there. Teoscar is batting sixth in most people's projections. This guy can hit twenty-five to thirty home runs, driving close to hundred RBIs and crush left-handed pitching. Well, then the Dodgers really did find a solid answer as a corner outfielder. This is an awesome signing.
1: You know, I was I made the the comparison slightly to JD Martinez, but this is basically like retaining JD Martinez, but an actually a good defensive outfielder. They knew that they couldn't hold on to J.D. Martinez because they were going to go after Shohei Ohtani and they were going to acquire him, which they did. So they secured that, but they needed an outfielder that could play the outfield, and J.D. obviously cannot do that. So basically what you're getting is just retaining a J.D. Martinez type of guy. And you mentioned those two seasons, back-to-back seasons, of just monster numbers the 2021 numbers that you mentioned, Kevin were really impressive, but also in 2020, he had some great numbers too. Um, both years he got MVP votes. He got uh, finished 11th in MVP voting in mm-hmm. 2020 and 19th in 2021. That's a pretty damn good clip right there for someone that isn't as expected to be your number one option in in a lineup.
2: On the defensive note, the baseball savant advanced metrics suggest that he has a cannon for an arm. They really like his arm strength. It's in the the low 80s, which you'll take. That's, you know, kind of in parallel to the last guy I can think of for the Dodgers who had a cannon, which was Yasiel Puig. Well, now they found Maybe the next Puig in Teoscar Hernandez because they were both right-handed power bats, play the corner outfield, and they have a cannon for an arm. And let's not forget, both these guys have a knack for the big moment. Teoscar Hernandez has had a couple big playoff moments early on in his career, and he still has a a good prime ahead of him. I believe he's only 30, 31, so he's still relatively young. To me, the biggest shocker, though, was that he signed a one-year deal. We heard reports that he was looking for three to four years and the Dodgers essentially did their classic high AAV doing a a one year magical deal with some deferrals.
1: Yeah, it's the name of the game this offseason are the deferrals and what Otani's done, what Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts have done in the past. This is just sort of another step in that process to where that they can defer a good chunk of Teoscar's contract sparsing it out over a course of a few years, just like they're going to do with Otani once his deal is done. It just makes them that much more competitive. They're going to be over the luxury tax anyway, but the ability to uh, pay these players and put good teams on the field year in and year out. I mean, what more, what more could you ask for really? This was one of my favorite stats about Teoscar
2: Hernandez when I was doing some research. He hit 354 last season against off-speed pitches. Ooh. So when you go into the playoffs and you know the best of the best are going to probably have some type of wicked changeup, knowing that you have a guy in Teoscar in your lineup who not only will mash fastballs, obviously, but can pick up on the changeup and the off-speed pitches, these are the type of things that got to the Dodgers in the postseason last year. They were just fooled, time after time, a lot of strikeouts. And I mean, if we're going to talk about all the compliments with Tioscar, then we have to do point out that he is a big strikeout hitter. But I'll live with it because of the power. And I think a fair comparison to Tioscar Hernandez honestly is the ALCS MVP, Adalas Garcia. When I look at both these players, they really do remind me of each other. And I feel like Tioscar Hernandez, all things considered really does have the poise to be an X-factor in the Dodgers lineup, especially in big games. There's going to be so much focus on the big guys with Mookie, Freeman, Otani, Smith, and Muncy. But to actually have a role player this time around who is a power bat, has some clutch in him, has some success as a veteran, we go from having to worry about Injured David Peralta coming through or Jason Hayward having to come through. Now, oh, wow. all of a sudden, the lineup is super stretched out. If Teoscar Hernandez is your sixth hitter, James Altman is your seventh hitter. Jason Hayward, I guess, could be your eighth or Margot, whoever. And then maybe Gavin Lux, the solidified shortstop at the bottom. This is maybe, on paper at least, it's looking like the deepest Dodgers lineup since 2020.
1: Oh, my God, It's so stacked. And from what I hear from the kids online, apparently Teoscar has what they call aura. Uh, <laughs> so that's a good positive thing from what I hear. I wanted to point out something because you mentioned uh, he had a couple of clutch moments in the postseason. and i and I remember him having a pretty fantastic, like one game that he that he just absolutely killed it. And I was right because I looked back uh, at the twenty twenty two uh, AL wildcard game between the Blue Jays and the Mariners. And he was a member of the, was it, was it Toronto or Seattle? I feel like it was. Oh, yes. This was that game. This was that game against, uh, against Seattle where yeah. Toronto had a big lead and Teoscar hit two home runs in that game. And then all of a sudden there, uh, the wheels, came off Jordan Romano just completely imploded. And and then that was the, that was it. And the, and the Mariners ended up winning that game. But I remember Teoscar coming up in some key spots and hitting two bombs in that game. Love it. This is an awesome signing. I mean, just some other
2: news in, or some other notes about Teoscar Hernandez, terrible base runner, but he's fast. <laughs> I don't know how those go hand in hand, but they do. At least this guy can leg out an infield single. Hopefully if the moment calls for it, um, the fair question while we're on the subject of T from, from Dennis Gonzalez, how much game time do you think Margo gets compared to T Well, on the T front, he's an everyday player. I mean, yeah. Andrew Freeman literally said on MLB network radio, we're going to sign an outfielder that we can f- start every day. We want someone that crushes lefties and can hold their own against righties. He basically gave it away that they were going to sign Teoscar Hernandez, and then they did. In terms of Manuel Margot, I'm still not really sure where he fits into this whole equation. With um, Teoscar obviously starting, Outman should be starting. That leaves one spot against left-handed pitching, and if Mookie Betts is at second base, well, you got to have Chris Taylor start somewhere, assuming he's on the roster. So does that mean Margot is going to just be on the bench 24-7? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it seems like a tough spot for him to be in. He could, he might get dealt. You know, he might be repackaged in another deal in order to free up roster spots. Because right now, they have to free up a spot for Teoscar Hernandez, right? Or is there one? Yes, open? and that's what Trey B is asking about.
2: Um, and I think they 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 do got to get rid of someone, whether it's another DFA like they did with Brian Hudson, and they and they swung him for an awesome left handed prospect. The guys that I think are on the fringe. Obviously, we talked about Margot. Maybe they get rid of another pitcher. I don't know how much of a shelf life Gus Farland really has with this club.
1: Um, I could live without Gus Farland. Yeah, I think there's. I wanted to point something out to uh, kind of going off that question that Dennis Gonzalez had about Margot versus Teoscar. You mentioned Kev the insane career 887 OPS against lefties. Well. Against righties, he has a career OPS of 772, which is pretty damn good. So, yeah, that's, that's an everyday outfielder for sure.
2: Don't worry, Andrea Chavez, welcome. We will get to that later. That's the meat and the potatoes of the show. Oh, yeah. I we are focusing on T. Oscar. The other things, I saw the Red Sox offered a measly two year, $28 million contract to T. Oscar. I don't know what's going on in Boston. They don't seem to want to pay anybody. I'm honestly surprised the league in general just let Teoscar Hernandez fall into the Dodgers' lap. We heard that the Angels were really interested, we heard the Red Sox were interested, and yet here we are. Teoscar Hernandez, one-year doll- one-year $23.5 million contract with the Dodgers. 26 home runs, 93 RBIs, which is what we saw last year.
1: My god, what a huge upgrade. Do you think do you think it's possible that he wasn't getting he wasn't seeing those four year, three year, four year deals being offered to him? And he just decided I'm gonna take a one year deal with a team that I know is going to be good and has a I have a shot to win a title, but also rebuild my brand and have like a career year and then get an even bigger contract the next offseason?
2: Seems like it. If we're going with the theme of this offseason where reports have just been wrong across the board for like every player then it wouldn't shock me at all if no one actually did offer Teoscar Hernandez three or four years. And if the Dodgers are viewing him as a $23.5 million player and he has a good season, that means assuming I don't think he's been a free agent before. So the Dodgers could attach the qualifying offer to him in the offseason. And worst case scenario, if he signs elsewhere,
1: they get a, pick. get a
2: They get a draft pick. So this is a win-win Thank you for the rest of Major League Baseball for giving us an electric power hitter. Um, I agree with Jake's comparison 100%. A lot of people wanted us to replace J.D. Martinez. Well, guess what? They replaced J.D. Martinez with a much younger bat, someone that basically has similar power upside at this point in their respective careers, and he can play the outfield. So, WWW.
1: This offseason, where does it rank for you, Kevin? I mean, it has to be number 1, right? All-time, and it's not even over yet. It's it's all-time. it's not even up for debate. I
2: mean, the real question is what would be the the second best offseason if you could come say, up with I would say I mean, the Mookie Betts offseason oh, was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, that that's the that was the predecessor. Of, yeah, yeah, that that just has to be If we just like recap what they did, I mean, the Mookie Betts trade they brought in Alex Wood. What else did they? Do? It's just it all blends together at this point. David Price. <laughs> well, he was in that trade, obviously. Yeah. I feel I, I feel like an idiot. I'm. Oh, Gratterall! They traded for Gall. we loved right. we loved that move, and that was the Kent to yeah. Maeda. Yes. Yeah. And they they had to have done something else, but no matter. I mean, yes. they,
1: basically, they basically just had like a great team, too. I mean, just the core was great with Seeger, Turner, mm-hmm. Peterson, Bellinger, Hernandez, Taylor, all those guys.
2: Yeah. But yeah, this offseason has just been bonkers. I mean, they put out the uh, Zips projection on fan graphs and they already have Yoshinobu Yamamoto leading the Dodgers starters in war- projected F war a four which is pretty electric, which means he very well could surpass that. and then Tyler Glass now his F4 is in the threes, the outfield James Outman got a high grade so love to see that for James Outman. that means there's a lot of promise there. but this is where I want to kind of get into things now the Dodgers bullpen because Andrew Friedman basically hinted hinted it himself, Robert Murray. Jim Bowden. The Dodgers aren't even done. So this is the greatest offseason ever and they're still not done and if I had to guess the Dodgers next area of focus is going to be the bullpen and John Heyman has written articles, other people have thrown it out there as well that the Dodgers do remain the most connected to free agent closer Josh Hader. Do the Dodgers pull it off and
1: bring in Josh Hader? I mean... Why not? I think once they, once they got Yamamoto, it was like, okay, you know, let's just go get everybody, you know? I mean, it's one, thing, it's one thing to get like, you know, Otani and then a glass now, and you know you get a few other pieces here and there and just call it a day, and that would have been a successful offseason. But the fact that they went and got Yamamoto, and Otani and Glass now and Teoscar Hernandez. Why are they stopping? They're over yeah. the threshold anyway, so it's not like they're trying to stay under the the quote unquote cap, as it were. Mm-hmm. So that why why not? I mean, at this point, why not go get him? He'd be he'd be a great addition. But if they don't want to pay him as much money as he's probably going to garner, my guy. Brazier is still out there. So we got to wait to see what happens to Hader first though.
2: Yeah. we'll t- we can talk about Brazier in a few moments, but just the way things are going, it's like, who's going to pay Josh Hader. It feels like no team wants to spend except the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is leading to, into a crying frenzy. Yeah. But, to- but to me, one of the biggest areas of weakness right now for the Dodgers is they don't have a good left-handed reliever. Vesia shit his pants more often than not last season, and Caleb Ferguson was a ticking time bomb that just throws fastballs, sometimes down the middle when it mattered most. If the Dodgers are going to be in some pivotal playoff games, they're going to need to call a left-handed reliever to get the Bryce Harpers, the Matt Olsons, the Kyle Schwarbers of the world out. And if we're going to just depend on, they're going to they're going to go with the platoons. We just know how the Dodgers operate. More often than not, they're going to call on a lefty. Maybe we get one Evan Phillips or all appearance against these guys, but you have to get these electric hitters out four or five times in a game, and you need to have that guy that you trust out of the pen to be the eliminate the be the eliminator, the stopper of power left-handed bats. And I feel like the Dodgers don't have that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I agree with you that it obviously would be completely valuable to have Josh Hader on this team. I mean, I think any team that needs a closer would obviously want him, which kind of makes me think which teams are a willing to pay him that much money and b need a closer or or a, a high end uh, high leverage left lefty reliever. The Dodgers are certainly one of those teams that can that sort of check all of those boxes. But I think the the thing is is that is there another option out there lefty-wise that would be a sort of more cost-effective? I don't know Um on the market. I'm not sure. But then the other, the other thing is is you can't keep adding free agents to a team. Eventually, you're going to have to start, you know, cutting a ton more guys yeah. or making some trades because, again, you add Teoscar Hernandez now, you know, Uh, Someone already asked about Manuel Margot. I don't know where he plays. I don't know where Michael Bush plays. I don't know where Miguel Vargas plays. Where are these guys going to play? They might as well start playing for a different team because you can't keep adding free agents and keeping these guys. So something has to give there. I I, I don't even think that if they went out and got Josh Hader that they would be done because they'd have to clear roster space.
2: And that – falls in line with what Jay posted in our comments. Did you see Robert Murray's report about the Dodgers seeking another shortstop or start starting pitcher? There's still our link to Dylan Cease. They're not one of the front runners, but they also weren't one of the front runners for Teoscar Hernandez for 2 weeks and they pulled right. that off. So if Baltimore or the Yankees don't want to give up the prospect capital, Maybe the Dodgers, who Jake just mentioned, they have Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas just sitting around. Maybe they get impatient and they decide, let's just offload Dylan Cease to the Dodgers because I do feel like this team still does need one starting pitching, starting pitcher. And so whether it's with the White Sox or the other AL Central team, the Guardians, who... It just makes a lot of sense to me to get Emmanuel Classe if they're willing to offload him to the Dodgers, because then you get your closer
1: and maybe they throw in Shane Bieber. Right. I, yeah, that that would be great. Except then you're still not filling those the the lefty role in the starting rotation. There are no yeah, lefties, not. and we're not adding one to the bullpen. So I don't even know if there is a lefty reliever out there that comes to mind that I would want to go after I can't even think of one off the top of my head if besides- you're
2: just talking pure value then Matt Moore is probably
1: the name is he still with the Rays no where is he
2: Matt Moore split time between the Angels and Cleveland last season. Okay, but he's a free agent.
1: Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, would, would the Yankees would the Yankees go out and pay Josh Hader? I don't
2: think so. I just don't think the Yankees... I think the Yankees they need starting pitching more than they need relievers, and they have to get the capital ready to pay Juan Soto, who yeah. is going to try to break his own market when he's a free agent this upcoming year. But yeah, I mean, speaking of Ryan Brazier, the Dodgers are like one of six teams that are in the mix for Ryan Brazier. And I mean, he had an 070 ERA last season. We loved him as a Dodger, but if we're being realists here, the Dodgers shouldn't go more than one year for Ryan Brazier. If you disagree, Jake, let me know right now.
1: Um, I would would get, I mean, you know where I stand on the Brazier front. I want him, like, plain and simple. I want him.
2: Even if the Dodgers have to go two years for Ryan Brazier?
1: Yeah. Because here's the thing. If there's a reliever that we have that we know is good, why not keep him for more than one year? We keep doing this where we find these guys off the scrap heap, we turn them into these elite high-leverage guys, and yeah. then we just let them walk. I don't get that. I mean, these guys aren't that expensive. We brought back Joe Kelly, for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. And Joe Kelly, while can, while he can be good, is not available a lot of the season. So you're just signing a guy that hopefully will be healthy in that bullpen. It's just, it's weird some some of the moves that we make with the bullpen, who we bring back and who we don't. And I just feel feel like something clicked with Ryan Brazier and the Dodgers. And I don't want this to turn into another Chris Martin situation.
2: And he is, he is the perfect example of a guy that they should have re-signed, but the Dodgers prove it year in and year out. They are able to find guys on the market and they do have the next Ryan Brazier. And while I think I'd love Ryan Brazier back on a one-year deal, I don't think I trust him to be good for two years. If you just look at his track record, prior to the Dodgers. Is that who he really is? Is he really an 070 ERA reliever? Or is he the guy in Boston who had ERAs above five the last three seasons? He was good on the championship team, though. He was good, but I don't really remember Ryan Brazier being the reason that that we lost the World Series. No, it was Steve Pierce. It was Steve Pierce. It was Joe Kelly. It was (laughs) Dave Roberts, David Price, and Chris Sale to an extent out of the pen. And J.D. Martinez. But with Ryan Brazier, for every Chris Martin that you do get, you have to remember Yancy Almonte had like a one ERA in 2022. And then the next season had an ERA over five. Tommy Canely, they fixed him and then he sucked for the Yankees. And then of course, Phil Bickford, who we thought was like the next great reliever, he flamed out the next two seasons. And so... I think the Dodgers are smart enough here. They're going to they're going to find the right price. They're not going to overpay for Ryan Brazier, but I think it does really do fall into where does Josh Hader sign? I mean, if the Dodgers get Josh Hader, I think that's it. If the yeah. if the Dodgers don't get Josh Hader, they probably will bring back Ryan Brazier because he is a guy that they they know in and out very well now and he just fits the mold of what the Dodgers look for in a
1: reliever, which is a guy that has a nasty sweeper. And I would say that Brazier is better than those guys that you mentioned that had great seasons like Bickford and Almonte. I think Brazier is better than that, uh, than, than those guys and what they did. So there's that too, but I get it. I mean, it is, it is a crap shoot when you talk about relievers and guys that kind of came out of nowhere, you know, will they continue to produce? It's sort of like with Max Muncie and Chris Taylor, they were great when they were discovered by the Dodgers and they continue to be good. I think Muncy a little bit more consistent than Taylor, but still those guys have stuck around and can, and have continued to produce. Well, you brought up Max Muncy. So why don't we just get
2: into that segment right now? Max yeah, Muncy
1: strange comment from Max. Max Muncy
2: was on foul territory and I don't really know the context, but he basically talked about him being excited for the Dodgers locker room and clubhouse atmosphere this upcoming season. He's excited to play with Shohei Otani. And then he mentioned something along the lines of throwing some shade at some former teammates. He said, there's some guys that we shipped out. They only cared about their numbers and they got rid of them. So I think the biggest mystery here is, one, who is Max Muncy talking about? And two, do we like this little spice? That Max Muncie is given
1: given the the listeners. First thing I'll say is yes, I love the spice. Give me more spice. I love Max Muncie. I love the way he talks. I love that he told Madison Bumgarner to go get it out of the ocean, even though it wasn't the ocean. Like I just I love the I love his attitude all the time. So I I feel like when he speaks, it's from the heart and it's honest. And I'm sure there were a ton of guys that we're just kind of there for personal accolades. A lot of people throwing a lot of names around like Trey Turner or Manny Machado, or mm-hmm. some people said Bellinger. Um, some people said Corey Seager. That's the one name that kind of sticks oh, out that I don't really, I don't ridiculous. really know where that's coming from. The Corey Seager thing, because that guy seemed like such a team player and he won us a world series. So I don't really feel like that. I mean, and, and also the Dodgers weren't going to match what the Rangers were going to pay him anyway. So um, that, that to me was the only standout that I was like, mm, I don't think of, I don't think Corey Seager was that. I mean, they got rid of Bauer. I mean, maybe, maybe Bauer was one of those guys too. I mean, there's so many different guys that he could be talking about, but I think that one thing is true is that year in and year out, they find a good clubhouse. I mean, there has rarely ever been a huge brouhaha uh an in, in internal struggle in any of these clubhouses any of these dave roberts clubhouses let's say that i mean aside from yasiel puig and like a zach Granky type of deal like there's been nothing like that since then um that we've yeah. seen that's that's spilled out into the public maybe things have gone on behind the scenes but things that have gone public we've not heard anything like that so I think that Max is, is sort of just saying that there are maybe some fringe guys that maybe weren't there for the common good, let's say, yeah. and they're gone now. Yeah. They, they Scherzer, didn't even really – shut brought up Scherzer too. That's another one.
2: I, I, they didn't ship out Scherzer though. They didn't ship out no, trade. But,
1: but like that's semantics. I think he means like not necessarily trade, but like that they let them go.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm the biggest, I'm one of the biggest Scherzer hate, haters out there, but I doubt he was throwing shade at Max Scherzer just given the fact that he was basically their ace up until that moment. He came out of the bullpen in a decisive game five right. against the Giants. So he did, you know, lay, lay a little out on the line, but I think it's more like fringe guys who he could be referring to. I don't know, Billy McKinney, some some loser like that. Oh, please. Luke Rayleigh. DJ Peters guys that are probably Didn't just
1: McKinney's caring about personal stats. I mean, he could barely get a hit. <laughs> that's why maybe that's why he has to care. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I, mean,
1: I, I don't think it was Billy McKinney and Luke Ray. Sheldon noisy. Get out of here. Yes. Yeah,
2: sh- yep, exactly. They had to ship out Sheldon noisy. I mean, a sleeper could be AJ Pollock cause they traded him for no reason. But yeah. again, yeah, maybe. I, I, Zach McKinstry, yeah, that's a good one. Maybe Zach a ten. Tant- <laughs> like, I don't know who Max Scherzer's talking about. Like, you mean Max Muncy? Sorry, yeah, I don't know who Max Muncy's talking about. I saw the Scherzer comments, but it's such a wild card. Like, people want to think it's so and so, but honestly, who knows? But we got a great chat going here. If you haven't hit the like button, please hit the like button. If you have questions, we'll get to your questions in a few minutes. We'll do a, kind of a deep Q and A. Um, Please hit the subscribe button as well. That will help us get more views and all that fun stuff. And it's a great time to talk about TickPick for 30 seconds. NFL wildcard weekend is going to be absolutely lit. If you live near one of these NFL stadiums and you're trying to go, well, then I highly recommend shopping on TickPick because there's no service fees at checkout. If you're not an NFL person, maybe you're into basketball, into hockey, into music, well, TickPick has events for all that as well. Or if you're just trying to get your spring training tickets, they're sold on TickPick. If you want MLB tickets, also sold on TickPick. And I'm telling you, I've compared it to all the sites. Best deals on the market. And there's no service fees. So you know what you're getting. And that's TickPick for you. So download the app. And if you haven't hit that like button, I, I'm just being a broken record. Hit that like button, damn it. We need to <laughs> climb the charts. And we'll, Like we'll us. Talk, yeah. Yeah. Just like us. Even if you don't like us, like us. <laughs> like
1: us, God damn it.
2: <laughs> okay, so back to the starting pitching. Jake, do you think the Dodgers are going to add a starter? Or do they wait till the deadline?
1: Huh. They got two starting pitchers. That was what I wanted at mm-hmm. the outset. Yamamoto and Glasnow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would ride. With, I, 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 would be happy riding with that. Just give me one, just give me one more reliever, whether it's brazier, hater, um, Class a, give me one of those guys and, and we're set and let's ride because mm-hmm. I, because I, I am a little worried about, uh, lefties in terms of Ferguson and Vesia, but I, I don't know. I kind of believe in them a little bit because, because they've shown flashes of dominance, it's in there I, somewhere. They can make, I, they possibly find it again.
2: I'm not saying get rid of Vessia, but he needs a full season resume for 2024 for me to trust him in the playoffs because the last time the Dodgers season was hanging in the balance, he gave up the biggest hit to Jake Cronenworth. And when I think about the most mid players, Jake Cronenworth is in that tier. Like how did we let Cronenworth beat us? Like this was Vessia's matchup. I get that he may have not had enough time to warm up, but that was still a bad pitch. He shouldn't have been in the
1: game, Kevin. That was the problem. I get that he should have gotten Cronenworth out because he's a lefty and that's his job, but he should not have been in that situation. It should have been Evan Phillips, as we all know. Almonte shouldn't have been in there. Canely should have been not in there either. Like that That's Phillips' inning. So that's where I stand on that. Well,
2: it should have been, but you have to do your job at the end of the day. Yeah, Kaylee, you do. You have to execute. Yeah, Cainley's gone. Almonte hasn't been the same. Vessi hasn't been the same. So that is. guys ending- are
1: going to come back. I, I, sw- I swear, getting Otani and Yamamoto. I mean, that's that's going to elevate people. I have to believe that 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 is going to elevate the other players on this team. You're not gonna. You're gonna see. A, a, a different mentality from these guys. They have something to prove that we're not fucking around anymore. Like this is serious business now. We got to win a title. We're going to win a title. So you got to buy in and I have to believe that that's going to motivate guys. I think Vesia is a big hype vibe guy. So for him this should be his World Series.
2: Okay, let's get to some questions. We'll start with Steve Moore, longtime listener. Why are we sleeping on signing Kershaw? He should be a forever Dodger. 100% agree, Steve. I think the only reason people are sleeping on him is because they're scared of his health. I think if Kershaw was healthy this offseason, it would be a slam dunk no-brainer. He'd he'd already be back with the Dodgers. But just based off the pure merit that he isn't healthy and the 40-man roster is full... The best thing that the Dodgers can really do right now is wait till the 60-day IL eligibility rules come into play, so that they can move Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin to the 60-day IL. Then they can add Kershaw, move him to the 60-day IL, and then sign someone else. Because it's really hard right now to cut a guy for Kershaw. Because no, we you still can't have to cut it. Yeah, you, you, we still have to cut a guy for T. Oscar, and we have to still probably cut a guy for a reliever.
1: Right. Or trade. Trade some guys, one or the other. Obviously, it has to happen. But if you but if you get Kershaw and you kind of uh, put him in the cupboard for a few months, then there's your lefty. You know, that's the lefty you were looking for in the starting rotation. I don't think anybody's sleeping on Kershaw. It's just it's a weird year to year situation that we kind of have been doing with him for the past few off seasons. And the threat of the Rangers is always looming. Although that would just break my heart. I just Get it done. Just just get it done. The Dodgers have a super team right now. You can pay Kershaw, sign him, and stash him, and it'll be fine. Agreed
2: 100%. Maria G, are the Kenley talks for real? Um, I talked about Kenley Jansen about a week ago. I don't think the Dodgers are going to actually end up going there, although... Would be sick. There is a strong possibility... That Kenley Jansen goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and therefore the Dodgers are obligated to retire his number 74. So, while I don't want Kenley to necessarily be our dedicated closer anymore, if he's willing to be a setup guy, I'm cool with that. I would love for Kenley to retire with the Dodgers, whether it's a final season or a one day contract. I do feel like there is some unfinished business with Kenley Jansen. A lot of people shit on him for 2020. And yes, he did blow that game four in the World Series. But people don't talk about him coming through three out of three times in the NLCS because
1: he He did. did. He did. I don't think Kenley Jansen is going to take a lesser role other than a closer. So if you get him, he's going to be the closer. I think that's kind of what's going to happen because they want to make someone the closer. And Kenley just isn't good in any other inning. Like we've seen him try to come in in other innings and he just isn't good. Aside from that 2016 NLDS where he came out of the bullpen and pitched like two or three innings and then Kershaw came in and closed it out. That's a special circumstance. But I think if you get Kenley, he's going to be the closer. I mean, it would be cool to have him back. I I like the idea of bringing all the the guys back like him, Kike, Justin Turner. I mean, I'd love to have all of them back, but obviously there's not enough room for all those guys. Kenley Jansen would be sweet though. Is he a free agent or is he still on the Red Five, Sox? One year f- contract left with the Red Sox. It'd be kind of cool if they got if they were able to package a deal with Kenley and like Chris Martin. Two guys on the forty man. Oh boy. No, but I'm saying it's good. It would be a trade, obviously. So you could yeah give up some forty man roster spots. Yeah, and. For the people
2: laughing at me, because I see one person laughing at me in the, track, in the chat, Kenley Jansen, of course, is in the conversation to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's just a few saves behind Billy Wagner, who's about to get into the Hall of Fame. I think he has a few saves now ahead of Craig Kimbrell. So he's the current active saves leader, if if I have that correct. So there is going to be a good chance. I'm not saying he's a first ballot, but maybe year eight. You look at his resume. Kenley Jansen is one of the greatest closers ever, just because of the longevity and the dominance, so I don't think oh, that's a no, crazy most, take.
1: Most saves in franchise history.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's crazy to think Kenley could make the Hall of Fame one day.
1: No, I don't think so either. I don't. I mean, it's, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but no, yeah, he could potentially make it in.
2: Ivy, you guys see that Freddie and T Swift picture? Hell yeah, I did. Freddie that Freeman so is funny. Hollywood. I don't know what he was doing at the Golden Globes, but live your Hollywood life, Freddie. I bet uh, Chelsea, is that her name Chelsea Freeman? Yes. I bet she wanted to go, dragged him along. They looked stunning. I don't know why the Dodgers were posting a million pictures to their social media. I felt like this was another episode of The Bachelor, but <laughs> good for Freddie Freeman, uh, the Freeman family, I should say, for getting to showcase their good looks at the Golden Globes. I'm sure well, they had a nice you know, time.
1: The Dodgers are Hollywood. They've always been Hollywood since they've been in LA. So the Dodgers obviously have to promote their guys, especially if they're going to the Golden Globes and especially if they're going to be on the floor and they're going to be in a lot of different camera shots. So obviously the Dodgers wanted wanted to promote that. I love that photo. It was so funny. It's just like Freddie Freeman – just the, like if you could think of the most random person to put behind Taylor Swift, that P- Freddie Freeman would be in the conversation.
2: <laughs>
1: did, yeah. I, did I also see, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm being fooled by someone with good Photoshop skills, but did you see something about Mookie being there too? Or is that not correct? I saw one picture. I have no idea if that was legitimate or Photoshop. Because I feel like if that was real, like the, why wouldn't the Dodgers also do yeah. something with Mookie? So yeah, that's exactly. the one, one thing I was like, I don't know if he was there. Someone must have someone must have fooled yeah. me on that.
2: I feel like I'm on the same wavelength. Let's get into a rant now. If this is what you guys were waiting for, why is the rest of Major League Baseball crying about what the Dodgers are doing this offseason? It was cute when the Padres were doing it. They were like, oh, it's great for baseball. People commended the Mets for overspending. They're like, this is awesome. Even the Texas Rangers, guess what they did? They spent like a billion dollars and they won a World Series. So why is it when the Dodgers do this, it's ruining the game?
1: Because it would be the same thing if the Yankees did it. There are just certain teams across Major League Baseball that a majority of fans that aren't supporting that team are going to hate. The Dodgers are one of them, the Yankees are one of them, the Astros are one of them. Those are the teams that people are going to hate the most no matter what. So of course, the Dodgers spending all this money over a billion dollars on three players, and now even more than that on four or five players that they've acquired. So that's gonna happen regardless. I, I just find I just find it funny that people are. Calling for the Dodgers to be investigated, like they're doing something illegal, like that—that that yeah. to me is the most ridiculous part of the outrage surrounding this. Is what? What are we doing? Like, what do you mean <laughs> investigate the Dodgers? Like your team could do that too, you know? Like, I'm sorry, Shohei Otani doesn't want to live in San Francisco. Sorry, Shohei Otani doesn't want to go back to the sorry Angels franchise. Like, that's on you, dude. I'm sorry that the Oakland A's are so cheap, they're going to have to move to Las Vegas. Like, the these owners are rich. They can pay players. They can try to entice certain free agents. It's just unfortunate. Sometimes you're going to be in a city that is just not as desirable as other cities. Plain and simple. So you got that against you. But to me, it seemed like Otani was more concerned about winning every year. And he looked at the landscape and he said, wait a second, the Dodgers are giving their players, their fan base, their city, a shot to win a World Series every single year. I think I want to play there. Yeah, I've
2: got two words for all the haters who are just crying on Twitter and accusing the Dodgers of insider trading and all this bullshit. The two words are, shut up. Like Jake (laughs) said, every team has an even playing field. It's not like the Dodgers are running away with the TV money either. They split it evenly across the board with the TV revenue, all that nonsense. These owners all across Major League Baseball are billionaires. They just choose not to spend because they care more about financials than the game itself. And for a guy like Shohei Otani, he exactly did choose the Dodgers for the reasons that Jake is suggesting. They have dis- they have established a winning culture Everybody that comes to the Dodgers usually benefits. A lot of guys who use us for a launching pad go on to have great careers elsewhere. And so the Dodgers do it all right with the development, the scouting, you name it. And Jake alluded to it earlier. We haven't even heard any drama under the Dave Roberts era, really. I mean, Yasiel Puig was about as dramatic as it got,
1: and they got rid of him. Right. And the only only thing that flared up was his robert's weird feud with bellinger he kept benching him and bellinger wasn't hustling or whatever like that was the only thing that was like what could be called a controversy i mean this is a very desirable location to play and for everybody out there that's just you know crying and saying that it's illegal it's just i mean come on uh, you've got the uh I saw something that came out in the L.A. Times like the state controller is trying to have Congress investigate the Dodgers handling of Shohei Ohtani's contract and how basically because he's deferred all that money after he's done playing for the Dodgers, he will he can move to wherever he wants and then won't be subjected to the, the taxes here in California and that and that his contract should be investigated. It's just like Jesus Christ, you know. It's just it's just insane that the the amount of the the big reactions people get when it comes to the Dodgers.
2: And then this is coming from three hundred GJW. Dodgers paid what the Giants offered. Dodgers paid what the Mets offer. Both players chose the Dodgers. It's uh, Otani and Yamamoto. So this whole narrative that nobody wants to come to Los Angeles, no one wants to pay the California tax. Well, thank God those narratives are dead because Glasnow, Otani, Yamamoto, Hernandez, Hayward, Joe Kelly, just a great list of players that have chose to come to Los Angeles or stay with the Dodgers. And so anyone that was criticizing our great state could go ahead and suck it. David Beckham chose Los Angeles, Shaquille O'Neal chose Los Angeles, and Shohei Otani chose Los Angeles. You know
1: who else chose Los Angeles? LeBron James. So there you go. There's another one. Um, To the point, though, Kevin, about, and I want to hear your take on this, but to the point about, quote, unquote, paying for a championship, let me just touch on that for a second. It's bullshit when it comes to baseball because you can pay maybe for players, for, for enough good players on your team to make it to the playoffs. The regular season is a whole different animal to the postseason, as we know. It's a marathon and all of that. But in terms of winning or paying for a championship, it's a crapshoot in the postseason. There's no guarantee these players are going to show up. The Dodgers have had that every single year they've gone into the postseason where they've got a stacked roster, but for some reason they can't put it together. These guys aren't performing. So it's such a dumb argument, I think, because it's like, yeah, the Texas Rangers won the World Series last year, but – The Nationals, who started the year like nineteen and thirty-one in two thousand nineteen, end up making the playoffs, (coughs) getting to the World Series, and winning it. Like, doesn't matter some years. It's just, it's just a crapshoot. So the Dodgers are just putting themselves in the in the best position to win, but that doesn't mean these guys are going to perform in the postseason.
2: Absolutely, and again, it's just to the point. If any other team was doing it, no one would care. It's not like there's no salary cap, so boo-hoo. It's, the Dodgers aren't even spending the most. I mean, the Mets still are spending more money technically. It's just yep. locked into bad contracts and players that aren't playing for them anymore. And, I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. He's making like 50 or $60 million a year. No one cares about that. But with Shohei Otani, oh, this is bullshit. And it's a good point that Ivy posted people cried and begged and pleaded for Shohei Otani to be in the postseason well it's almost a lock that he's going to be in the postseason now every year but now no one wants it because he joined the Dodgers like f
1: off yeah <laughs> right exactly he wasn't getting there anywhere with the angels
2: mark scherzer do you think the Dodgers should go after hater we've already talked about that that's a yes or trade for Corbin Burns Devin Williams in one package or Shane Bieber and Emmanuel Classe. So I guess if you had to pick one, is it Burns and Williams or Classe and Bieber? I think it has to be Burns and Williams. Yeah, that's a no brainer. If I mean, Corbin Burns is the best player in this thing altogether. And Devin Williams, some people say Classe is the best closer in baseball. There might be an argument that Devin Williams is even better than Emmanuel Classe. Classe blows a lot of saves. Devin Williams just gets really mad and punches walls sometimes. But what the airbender, I believe that's the, the terminology of Devin Williams, change up. Like, yep. put that on the Dodgers. My God. Like, that'd be freaking crazy. Doesn't seem like the Brewers are going to trade, though, right now until the deadline. Huge mistake, in my opinion. But you never know. Maybe the NL Central ends up sucking and they could win the division because that seems to be a very Brewers thing sometimes versus the guardians they're willing to steal but shane bieber kind of scares me but i like classe
1: yeah i'm with you on that i mean those would be two good trade packages that you could basically call it an off season right and yeah. and free up roster spots you know vargas and bush are going to be in that deal maybe a land a knack or some other pitching prospect um that could be in that package for those players. And then there's your off season. You add Kershaw, hopefully, and there you go. Get your questions
2: in, people. Not going to be here all night, so if there's great questions you have, get them in the chat right now. Hit that like button while you're at it. Jake, I wanted to ask you, because I feel like people are were going to ask this anyways, KK Hernandez is still a free agent. Does he come back? Does the Teoscar Hernandez signing kind of put a nail in the coffin i think everyone would love to have kike back but we've talked about it all night where are you gonna play him
1: right and i think the only way that you'll get kike back is if you somehow try and get rid of miguel rojas um that would be the only way because right now it's teoscar hernandez and manuel margot you're not gonna add kike hernandez to that mix even though i would love that and i'm kind of bummed that they got margot because I feel like if they didn't, maybe Kike Hernandez would be kind of a much more viable option. But yeah, I would much rather have Kike Hernandez spelling Gavin Lux at shortstop than Miguel Rojas. I can tell you that. I I love Miguel Rojas. I think he's a great fielder. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's a positive veteran presence in that clubhouse. But the dude can't hit. So I would much rather have Kike Hernandez in there, who I know can hit, left-handed pitching, postseason hero, all that stuff, and can play everywhere.
2: Just dropped it in the chat. This is the link to the third annual Incline Awards because voting will commence at the end of the month, and then we'll we'll talk about the winners early February. And I'm just going to say it right now. In the three years that I've been doing this, we have some of the closest races ever really Star Gratterall and Ryan Brazier are neck and neck for reliever of the year. So you're going to want to make sure you get your say for that one. Um, what else? Let me just go ahead and look through some of these other questions. The Dodger that was let go too soon in memoriam. Also close. Some people voting for Justin Brule, Some people voting for Phil Bickford, um, the Gerardo Parra ultimate Dodger killer. We have like a near four way tie between, Corbin Carroll, Jake Berger, Blake Snell, and I think Cody Bellinger. So, we want to make sure that's not a tie. Uh, what else is there?
1: When are we announcing that?
2: Early February. Idiot of the year, Julio Urias, and um, the Padres jumbotron operator are basically neck and neck. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm telling you, it's not going to take you much long. It's not going to take you very long it's to go through survey it. Survey to do. Yeah. Five minutes of your time, it's fun, it's nostalgic, and you get a vote. And this is actually way more exciting than a presidential election. So we did a good job here. You'll uh, you'll appreciate it all. Um. So yeah, no questions I'm seeing yet. So like I said, get those questions in because we only got maybe t- 10, 20 minutes. I don't know. So ask your best questions. If you see things online, we'll answer them. I should just say it right now. You can ask us anything because that's sometimes where our best debates come from. If you ask us the most random questions, we'll answer them. We were asked favorite restaurant. We got into that. So I'm just going to be- talk about restaurants for a second anyways, because I wanted to give a sh- quick shout out to Kofax, the breakfast burrito place. They have one on Fairfax. They have one in Culver City. I don't know if you've been to Kofax, Jake, but it's a legit. it's a legit Dodgers memorabilia, like gold mine. David's celebrating the Michigan win. So that's where he's at. But yeah, Kofax, they have the best breakfast burritos per a lot of opinions. They've got coffee and all that, but like it's plastered with Dodgers stuff everywhere. That's
1: sick. So I got to go Do- check that out. Yeah. There's, wanted one,
2: to. there's one in Culver. There's one in um, Fairfax by the farmer's market. So if you're a Dodgers fan and you live around those areas, this is me shouting out some mom and pop shops. So there you go. We've got a question from Andrea Chavez. Hopefully it's good because I just clicked on it. Do you think Belly will get the money he's rumored to be asking for? What do you think,
1: Kev? Take that one. No
2: way, Jose. If he's trying to get $250 million, then he is out of his mind. Cody Bellinger has kind of been very fluky. He had a great season, but then the advanced metrics suggest that he was really lucky And I just really feel like once this guy gets his money, he's going to go back into the 2022, 2021 kind of loser Cody Bellinger era. Like, I don't know what happened to this guy because when I used to watch Cody Bellinger play for the Dodgers up until 2020, I felt like this was a bona fide near Hall of Fame talent. And then he just completely plummeted. And you can blame the shoulder injury at first, but then it was like two years removed. And I was like, what the hell happened to this guy?
1: Yeah, he um he had a pretty good bounce back season, though, last year with the Cubs. I did. I don't know if he's going to get that much money, though. I don't know if teams really think that he's back. You know, I think that's got to be the determination if these teams really feel like he's going to build on this. And we've not really seen that consistency from him.
2: He's had a right. few
1: outstanding seasons, but. Rarely have they been put together consecutively, and he's great in the postseason. But he's got to get there, and he and the Cubs basically could have waltzed into the postseason last season, but just collapsed, so they didn't get a shot. I don't know if he gets that much money though. I really, I, I and I don't know who would who would pay him. The Giants? I don't know. No, they're gonna probably pay Matt Chapman or
2: uh, Imanaga. Well, they, However you say it. They, they, they don't correlate. I don't think I think they're they're going to get a position player. No, I was it's just probably, saying because
1: the, the rumors are that they're close on him.
2: Yeah, but like but like what I'm saying is I don't think th- they need pitchers, but they also need a hitter. And I don't think they go in line because they're not going to pay Blake Snell surprisingly now. So they'll get like their mid tier pitcher. Who but is
1: think- going to pay, pay Blake Snell? You think
2: I don't I don't freaking have a clue now, honestly. Yeah, I don't either. It might be the Yankees. They might just say, screw it. We'll give it, we'll give them the bag. But yeah, I mean, I think Matt Chapman, he's going to go to the Giants. I was, I was asked this last week. I said, I think Cody Bellinger might end up with the Angels. I could see that. It just, it just feels like, or back in Chicago, or back to Chicago, it would have to be like a, like a near kind of Freddie Freeman situation though, where he's just going to have to take, he's going to have to take a little less because no team wants to pay him that ridiculous contract. So he's probably going to fall into a team's lap. So maybe he goes back to Chicago cause he's comfortable there. Maria G I hate the thought of a patch on the Dodgers uniform, but, but if we had to, what patch would you guys go with? I think she's saying she wants in and out burger. <laughs> I don't think that works, though, because they
1: have the Shake Shack restaurant in Dodger Stadium. No, this is basically what would you want? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's within the parameters. Um, Well, Farmer John would have been cool, but they
2: really dropped the ball on that. 76, I don't know. AM, PM, no. I'm just trying to think of, like, main sponsors. In-N-Out would be kind of sick. In-N-Out oh. would... In and out makes a lot of sense, but it's a cool logo. I kinda want something that just blends in. Like give me something blue. But what what would be blue? How
1: about dipping know. dots? Oh god. Right on the right on the shoulder.
2: It's a tough question, Maria. I honestly don't have an opinion. This just puts me into a wormhole of things that I don't like and I don't really want to go down that avenue tonight. So I don't care. Lakers are doing like BB go like I don't even know what that is but seems to be working.
1: Not really though. They're under 500.
2: <laughs> IV are you guys gamers? Depends uh, I'm on I'm not a
1: gamer in the sense that I play online against other people but I like 2K and I like MLB the Show and I grew up playing Halo on Xbox. I grew up in the, uh all right. Here here's a good question. What did you what what uh what game casts or what game consoles did you grow up playing? N sixty four, Game Boy, Sonic, uh, Sonic, uh, Sega Dreamcast. I had
2: a few one I had a few of them. Game Boy. I was a big Pokemon person on my
1: Game Boy, Game Boy Loved Color, game I Boy. believe. I had the uh the sort of um transparent purple one. Mm. That one I was sick. I remember that one. I don't remember which one I had,
2: though. I had a GameCube, played a lot of Mario Kart Double Dash, a lot of Mario Party, a lot of Super Smash Bros. Those are like my big games right there. Yep. I had a, I had a PS2. I had an Xbox 360. Grew up playing a lot of Halo in high school. Played Halo a lot of shit. Played a lot of Call of Duty. And now I'm not a gamer at all. Uh, and I played MLB The Show and NBA. But more of a board game guy now i like a lot of settlers of Catan. i like card (laughs) games i play poker i play blackjack um what other what other games are there um yeah just play a lot of games i guess
1: i uh i grew up playing um ken griffey jr's slugfest on n64 that was my favorite game Hmm. or ken griffey jr's baseball did you play either of those games I don't remember what year that came out, but I am under the firm belief
2: that MVP, MVP baseball 2005 is the greatest baseball game ever. That's the one with Manny. Yeah, Ramirez a lot, of people, on a the lot cover. of people have that opinion. It was just like the perfect game. I don't know what all clicked, but it was basically like the Lakers 2000 to 2002 title run. It was right. just flawless. Just smashed. Just a few more questions. Then we'll get into final thoughts. Mark Scherzer, how would the contract look if Roki Sasaki gets posted next season? Can't sign a huge deal, but would there be a signing bonus, not posting fee? I believe there are some complications right now because if he does try to jump the ship early, he would get into like a Shohei Otani situation where he's limited in what he could sign so we are talking, you know, maybe 50 to $70 million range, which for the Dodgers, that's like a hit and run steal right there. Because if Roki Sasaki waits until, I believe, the age of 25, which is the eligible posting fee for max dollars, then he would probably get paid even more than Yamamoto. Because there's a lot of speculation out there that this guy is even better and that the Dodgers are rumored to even be all in on this guy. So, it's hard to really answer the question directly cuz we don't know the full context, but you best believe the Dodgers will be heavily in the mix for Sasaki when he's posted and available to jump over to America.
1: I love I love what the Dodgers are doing to this roster. It's it's special.
2: Dennis Gonzalez, I don't know why you're asking this question, but I'm going to answer it anyways. Is there a legit? Is there a legit chance a team signs Trevor Bauer for 2024,
1: or will they stay away? Yeah, there's a legit chance. I I would say that there is. I mean, he pitched well overseas last year, but I don't know what team is going to want to take on him plus the PR nightmare that is sure to follow it. I mean wherever you fall on the Trevor Bauer situation, that's a PR headache that I don't know that any team wants to take on. But I do feel like there is one team above any other team that would take a swing at Trevor Bauer, and that's the Angels. I think (laughs) in terms of a fit, it's as good of a fit as you're going to find. For a guy like Trevor Bauer, he kind of leans right politically, Orange County – conservative County and in, in, in the LA area, the angels desperate for pitching desperate for something. Um, maybe, but other than that, I don't know.
2: I'm willing to be wrong on this stance, but I'm with Jim Bowden. There is no shot. Trevor Bauer will ever pitch in major league baseball. Again, he can go on the news. He can tell his story, but he burned the bridges. With Rob Manfred, he burned the bridges with every pretty much everyone because the Dodgers gave him the richest contract ever on an annual basis, and he blew it. I'm not going to get into the logistics here, but there's just too much baggage, and I don't think any team wants all those distractions. Even if he is still a great pitcher, I think they'd rather just shoot their shot and be like the Angels and pay Zach Pleasick $1 million versus the potential headache and all the noise and distractions that could come with Trevor Bauer, even if you believe he's innocent, even if you believe he's still a good pitcher. That's just what I believe. I'm not saying the rights and wrongs and all that. If I just had a guess gun to my head, I'm going to say, no, Trevor Bauer will not get another opportunity. Yep. And this is going to be probably the last question, unless anyone drops in anything else. Good. And then we'll get to final thoughts. Aaron Vaughn, what do you think Freeman's
1: next move is? The next move is going to be clearing a roster spot for Teoscar Hernandez.
2: <laughs> That's a pretty good guess.
1: Yeah. So,
2: I don't... I I mean, I actually agree with you. That is going to be their next move. Craig Mish, who covers the Marlins pretty heavily... Losardo. Said, I'm not going there. But he said that there is a trade coming with the Marlins, and fans should be happy about it. Knowing the Marlins, they're not gonna do anything splashy, but maybe the Dodgers will move one of their guys over to Miami in exchange for some random prospect, and they'll hey, Miguel, out,
1: hey Miguel Rojas. You yeah, want to go back
2: to Miami? Exactly. Could be Rojas. Maybe the Dodgers just trade the Miguel Vargas and we get a pitcher and some prospects. I don't know. Well, but who I else just,
1: would it be available other
2: than Lozardo? Um, I heard they were trying to. He's a right-handed, but so I don't think he makes sense for the Dodgers. But I believe they were trying to trade Edwin Cabrera, if I have that right.
1: Who's that? Um, that white and, uh, guy, lefty. He's a that starter. You know what I'm talking about? Are you oh, a starter.
2: Are you talking about Braxton Braxton
1: Garrett? No, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, I I would love I was I would love Jesus Lozardo. That would be that would be it for me. I mean, call it an offseason. Yeah, I mean Scott. So, scott it's the chat is saying but only tanner tanner scott no not no, tanner Scott. Not this not
2: i don't know i don't know who we're talking about braxton garrett if you're talking about a starter he's a lefty white guy <laughs> unless you're <laughs> unless you're just completely mirrored and you're going with jt Chargois. <laughs> no, <laughs> no want to bring no. him back remember that guy yeah they have they have a lot of dudes Miami's interesting. They, they've got some good pitchers. Are you talking about, oh, are you talking about a closer AJ puck? No, no,
1: no, please, please get off the subject. <laughs> Ryan Weathers. Oh, you want Ryan Weathers? Yeah. Ryan Weathers. Exactly. No. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking at the freaking Marlins roster right now. So keep going.
2: Okay. So awesome that everyone's here. Uh, drop those questions real quick, but uh, hit the like button while you're at it. Be a subscriber. All that fun stuff. Um, okay, so I don't know when they're going to announce the Hall of Fame ballots officially. I don't know if you had any takes on that, Jake, but it looks like we're getting near the near the finish line for He's going to make the Hall of Fame. So let me just pull it up. What team does he go in the Hall of Fame under?
1: Oh, I was thinking of Trevor Rogers. Was I?
2: Okay. Oh, he is a white lefty.
1: So he is a white lefty. We got him. Good.
2: Both. He's pretty good. Yeah, You got Trevor Rogers. I, I wouldn't mind it. I actually think he's a pretty good pitcher. So I'm down for that. I'm trying to pull up the tracker right now. So Adrian Beltre, I think he would go in as a Texas Ranger.
1: Yeah, unfortunately breaks my heart but there's no way he can go in for any other team.
2: Yeah, he he had a few good years with Boston, but yeah, Texas makes the most yeah. sense. I think he won and, a and World Series wouldn't be,
1: there. Wouldn't be Seattle or the Dodgers. No.
2: So Beltre is going to get in. He's at 98%. Looks like Todd Helton's going to get in at 82% currently. I like it. Joe Mauer, really excited for him. He is close to getting in right now. He's at 82%. Really? That's good. People forget how good Joe Bauer was. He was like, excellent. For a catcher winning batting titles, and I believe he won one MVP, he was he was awesome.
1: Yeah, he was, he was awesome.
2: And Jake's favorite, I remember you ducking on him a couple years ago, Billy Wagner, <laughs> his ninth year of eligibility, he's at 80%. Yeah, he'll get in. He's and Gary, a good closer. Gary Sheffield last year on the fringe right now, 76.7%. That's wild to me. Was he on the Mitchell report? He did steroids, right? I think so. I, I think he was on the Mitchell report. I can't remember. I just can't remember I all the. don't think he
1: days. ever got popped, though.
2: I don't think so either.
1: I mean, he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he has well over 500 homers.
2: Yeah, and I think the only reason that he didn't get in was because of the steroid speculation. But yeah, all time great. I don't know what team he would go in with. The Yankees? No, he's on. He was on a lot of teams. Like I don't. Yeah, remember. he was on. He was on
1: the Marlins, the Brewers, the Dodgers. Let um, me see what the Braves.
2: You have a cup of coffee in Detroit.
1: Yeah, he was with Detroit. <laughs> Yankees maybe Yankees I I think He was such a cool Dodger like I remember him that was one of the first teams that I remember growing up a Dodgers fan was having Gary Sheffield on the on the team and he just his batting stance was just awesome and he hit the living shit out of the ball he just hit the ball so hard um, Here's a here's really a fun enjoyed. fact despite playing the most seasons of his
2: career 6 years with the Marlins he actually had the most home runs of any team. So Marlins, Dodgers, Brewers, Yankees, Braves, Padres, Detroit, Mets. Padres. He hit his most home runs with one of these clubs was with the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. No, he was, 129 he was home runs. Was that, correct me if I'm wrong, was that the Mike Piazza trade? Um, I think it was. I think they were involved for each
2: other because he got traded in 98. Yeah, Dodgers. I
1: think it it was the Piazza. I think
2: think you are right as well, but yeah, I mean, what do the Dodgers do if he goes in into the Hall as a as a Dodger? They're going to retire his
1: number. Um, (laughs) I mean that's kind of the rule, right? They would retire his number ten. If I was Gary Sheffield,
2: I would probably do that to just mess some shit up because I'd be like, I'm a Hall of Famer. Assuming he gets in, I want my number retired. Well, the Dodgers have to do it. I hit my most, I had the best stint with the Dodgers of my career, so let's do it. Right, right. I don't, I don't know what number right. he wore with the Dodgers. I'm kind of looking. He that wore right number now. ten. Oh, Justin Turner's number. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Jake, what are your final thoughts?
1: Um. Oh, all right. Sorry. I just wanted to pull up the trade because I was curious who all was involved in that Gary Sheffield trade to the Dodgers. He was traded along with Manuel Barrios, Charles Johnson, remember the catcher, Bobby Mo- Bobby Bonilla, and Jim Eisenreich. That's <laughs> who went to the Dodgers. For Mike Piazza and Todd Zeal. Hmm. Those are some names I just threw at you.
2: We traded for Bobby
1: Bonilla? Yes. And Jim Eisenreich. I don't remember the Bobby Bonilla part. I do. I, w- I remember Charles Johnson. I don't remember Manuel Barrios, but I remember Charles Johnson and Bobby Bonilla. All right. Well, that's yeah.
2: interesting. Todd Zeal was like a fan favorite. So that's, yeah, they traded two fan favorites. Well, one of them being a Hall of Famer and fan favorite. Yeah. Interesting uh, Interesting times for the Dodgers, which I is, mean, you know, what a what a 360. Here
1: we are. Yeah, what a, I mean, you think about some of the horrendous trades that the Dodgers have made over the years, the dark days of the McCourt era, Paul D Podesta, Don Mattingly. I mean, you can go on and on about some of these horrendous, just downtrodden years where the team didn't do anything in the off season. Even last year was kind of lackluster. To go from that to this, this year has been an absolute treat and a pleasure. The hate that we're getting online is just fueling me. It's what I eat for breakfast. I love it. I want it to continue. I I, I don't mind being the evil empire. I'm as selfish as they get. I want to see a World Series title, a full-season World Series title, and a parade. I don't care. I'll be as selfish as they come. I just care about winning that thing. I don't care who's on the team. I don't care how much star power we have. I don't care how much we pay to get that star power. But I want a World Series. And that's what I'm most excited for. Let's get to spring training.
2: Dodgers are not done. Those are my semifinal thoughts. They are going to still make some moves. I'm keeping my eye out on the trade market. I do feel like the Dodgers have to just really break the internet. And when they pull off that trade... People are going to be pissed. I don't know if it's going to be for Dylan Cease. He makes a lot of sense. I don't know if it's going to be for Shane Bieber. He makes a little bit of sense. Um, I don't know if they just trade for a closer, whether it's Klossé, Devin Williams, maybe Brewers change their mind. They trade Corbin Burns, but the Dodgers are in the driver's seat right now. They're about to really mess with a lot of people's minds because they've got something brewing. I have no idea what it is, but it's not a complete Dodgers offseason until Andrew Freeman throws down the hammer and makes a massive trade. We've been talking about it all off season, Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas, some other swing guys in terms of pitchers on the 40-man roster who just have no future with this team A move is coming. They are all in. And that's the difference for the Dodgers this offseason versus the last year or so. Not all in versus to completely all in. This is the mastermind plan. And Shohei Otani, we haven't even seen him play for the Dodgers yet. And it already feels like we're winners here. Yep. Thank you guys for all listening. And... Thank you guys for all listening and if you haven't become a subscriber yet for the Incline Dodgers podcast, well do that right now. Whether you're listening on the audio feed or you like our content on YouTube, we've got this cool we've got all these cool graphics now. So admire our cool work here. You get to see Thank our beautiful you. faces. Alberto Amazola. Shout out. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Give give Alberto a follow. I will drop his handle on our social media. He's got a big season ahead. He's gonna be doing a lot of cool graphics for not only us but Dodgers tailgate, and you can hear us whether you like our opinions or you don't. We're gonna keep it real, folks, because that's what we do here at the Incline Dodgers podcast. We give you our true opinions. We're not some. We don't suck up and home be homers and think the Dodgers are perfect because we'll call them out if we're upset. But right now, the Dodgers are giving us a million reasons to be perfectly happy with them this off season yeah (laughs) billion this offseason has been phenomenal so dodgers fans until next time go dodgers incline dodgers podcast we are out